Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Chapel Messages podcast, a ministry of Emmaus Bible College. Each episode is taken from a chapel message given here at Emmaus. For more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. Good morning. I'm glad to have the privilege of speaking to you again to continue in a series that we began last fall with the theme of following Jesus or the the imitation of Christ. It was my privilege to point out to you that Christ is set forth before us as the example to imitate. Christ Jesus has left us an example that we should follow in his steps The Apostle Peter reminds us he is our example of love, both toward God and toward fellow man. He is our example for being thankful to God, even as we recall his giving thanks for the bread that spoke of his own body and the cup that spoke of his blood that were given Blood shed, body broken for us. I also had the opportunity of reminding Peter as a follower of the Lord that God is able to transform us beyond our own limitations and our feelings of unworthiness to make us into his servants, effective for service. This morning, I would like to speak to you about imitating the example of the Lord or learning from Him about enduring obscurity. Or the title I had given was Following Jesus When No One Thinks You Are Special. Wonder how self-aware you are when walking, say, into a full church after most people have sat down. Do you think Do they notice my new earrings? If it's a guy, I was going to say tie, but nobody wears ties anymore. Do they notice my new jeans? Um, uh, How? Yes, yes, Mr. Boom still does. I'm glad to have some fellowship. Uh, (coughs) So, uh, you know, being self-conscious is part of our psyche. It is... We want to be noticed. We expect to be noticed. Uh, We spend a lot of thought about what other people are thinking about us until you grow out of it. It's possible to grow out of it. We want to be noticed. We want to be recognized. We want to be praised, perhaps. I remember um, a little child, an event, When her grandfather, who lived uh, far away, was visiting, she wanted to show off the things that she had done. One proud little girl, very smart. And there were impressive things. She had brought a book along and sat next, uh, stood next to her grandpa and showed it to him. Um, But he was preoccupied with other things and impressed with other things on his mind and did not notice that this child was looking for some recognition. 
some acknowledgement of what she was. And I remember the look of dismay on her face. Uh, Larry Crabb, whose name many of you might know, went to be with the Lord actually about a year ago, was an early figure in Christian counseling, in the Christian counseling movement that began in the last uh, um, quarter of the last century. Now, Crabb's early books uh, identified human needs in terms of two things. He said, significance and security. This significance is rather big. Uh, I think it's somewhat real. We all want to be significant. And it's, it's, uh, it's outsized in the, in the thinking and mindset of the secular world. We love to become popular, to have most followers on social media, to be in the limelight. A song that I have difficulty forgetting comes from uh, my um, age around how old you all are, um, was a Glenn Campbell hit. Um, and it was on the radio all the time, so I remember this. I've been walking these streets so long, singing the same old song. I know every crack in these dirty sidewalks of Broadway, where hustle's the name of the game, and nice guys, guys get washed away like snow and the rain. Then he says this, this is the refrain. There's been a load of compromising on the road to my horizon, but I'm gonna be where the lights are shining on me like a rhinestone cowboy. <laughs> Riding out on a horse in a star-spangled rodeo like a rhinestone cowboy, getting cards and letters from people I don't even know and offers coming over the phone. Now, Christian ideals are toward being self-effacing, being humble, quietly doing what we should to serve the Lord. Exemplified, perhaps, in the, li in the life of someone who is not, say, part of uh, our group of uh, Christian witness, but one recognized an East European nun who went to work in obscurity to serve the poor of Calcutta. But even so, we might desire acknowledgement and recognition. But what if we don't always feel significant? Uh, what if we are not treated as if we are significant? What if we are not treated as if we have worth and that we are valued? What if our service is unacknowledged? I serve the Lord, but who notices? What, is, what if your whole life, since you came to know the Lord, has been focused on being faithful to Him? and being obedient to his will. But you wonder, does anybody else know? And if that is your state of mind, I would encourage you from the example of our Lord, that Christ is our example to imitate, to persevere in faithful commitment to the will of God, 
when assailed by concerns about our own significance. The passage begins with who the Lord is. He was there in the beginning. He was with the Father. He himself is God. All things were made by him. There's nothing that has ever been made that was made in, in the creation that he didn't make. He's the creator. And he is the source of life. In him was life, and the life is what we are longing for. It's the light of humanity. And the same facts, for example, are spoken of by the Apostle Paul in Colossians 1. He says, For by him all things were created, both in the heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, angelic orders, all things have been created by him, and not only by him, for him. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. In him they consist. But then, having introduced the person who is described as the word, who comes into a midst to reveal God, John says, he was in the world, and what else? And the world was made by him, and what? And the world did not know him. He was in the world, the world was made by him, but the world did not know him. Can you, can you imagine that? The creator was in the midst of his creation. He is the one who created all the people, gave us life, but they did not know him. We have some, you know, glaring examples of this. Um, as the Lord begins his public ministry, he comes to uh, his hometown, Matthew says, in Matthew 13, he came to his hometown and began teaching them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Who, 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 why does this man talk like this? Who is this? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. They were offended. They did not appreciate him. They did not like Jesus speaking the way he did and doing the things he did. They thought this is an, this is, he's an ordinary Joe. Well, Joe, is, they thought, was his dad. But uh, uh, he, he, is, he is one of us. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own household. And he did not, it says, do many miracles there because of their unbelief. Also, same thing is stated in Mark 6, 3, and we have, I'll read one more out of John's gospel in John 6, following the, the multiplication of the loaves, when the Lord speaks of himself that I am the living bread that came out of heaven. In John 6, 41, it says, therefore... The Jews were grumbling about him because he said, I am the bread that came out of heaven. They were saying, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down out of heaven? And I want you to think, how should the Lord Jesus have felt in those times? 
How would he have reckoned with this lack of acknowledgement of all that he is? Here is life itself, the source of life, the creator, the maker of all things in the midst of puny creation. And they say, who is this? It's like if you were an architect and city planner with unlimited funds and you created your own city and populated it with people freely. And then one day you walk into the midst of it and they say, who is this guy? Or even far worse than that. So if you are going through life feeling insignificant or slighted or not recognized for all that you are, be encouraged. It doesn't compare, it doesn't come close to what the Lord Jesus endured when he came into our midst and lived here on earth. And you are not alone in this. You are not alone in this. I mean, think about Abraham. We know Abraham, right? We know Abraham. But we should ask the question, but who knew him then when he lived? Hardly anyone. He was not important. He was not a king. He was not a ruler. God was going to fulfill the plan of salvation through this man whom he called. God revealed amazing things to him. And our salvation, our Lord himself, comes in the line of Abraham as a fulfillment of the promise made to Abraham. But who knew Abraham? He was just, he was just a man like a Bedouin who lived in tents and just walked a lot, went up and down, dry, not very attractive landscapes for a good, good portion of it. And other heroes of the faith, if you read, for example, the, the summation of things at the end of the book of Hebrews, at the end of chapter 11 of Hebrews, uh, the author says, what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. From weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. And then he changes. He says, others were tortured, not accepting their release so that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourgings. Yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins, in goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated. And then this parenthetical comment, People, men, of whom the world was not worthy. That's God's assessment of these obscure people who lived in obscure places whom the world did not know, neither acknowledged, but they were valuable, precious in the eyes of God. In his eyes, the world was not worthy of them. The world rejected them, but the world that rejected them was not worthy of them. What does the Lord think of you? 
I told you the story of a little girl <clears throat> who felt unrecognized. That child probably does not remember the event. And the older man, it probably even did never registered. But you see, I remember. And there's a good reason for that, but I will leave it out of the story. And if, if I use the language of the Lord, if I, being wicked, can remember the significance of someone, how much more our Heavenly Father keeps note of what you are. Like the songwriter, one more to your times, says, Who am I that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt? It speaks of our Lord that He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world did not know Him. But that did not matter. He knew who He was, <clears throat> and His Father in heaven knew who He was, and out of heaven came the declaration to the world following His baptism about what the Father thought of the Son, who said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. As the prophet, an obscure prophet, Hanani, reminds a king whose name you probably don't remember anymore, Asa, in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, it says, The eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his, or those whose heart is blameless toward him. Our Lord, the Creator, came into the midst of the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world did not know him. So it really doesn't matter if the world, or you, or anyone else doesn't know me, or the same applied to you, right? If he, being the Son of God, and the Lord of all, could endure obscurity, and it doesn't matter in the larger scheme of things, because the Father in whom he trusted kept the faith and raised his Son from the dead and exalted him above all things. So you and I also can have same encouragement in the faithfulness of our God who doesn't miss a thing, who notes all of your faithfulness, all of your commitment toward Him, and you are valuable in His sight. He Himself has borne witness to the truth of His Son and of the Gospel in your heart if you truly have come to know Him. He already knows you and he will never forget. Let's pray. Our Father, we give you thanks for your wonderful grace to us. We thank you for our Lord who came into our world to bring us life. And we thank you for what he endured. The Lamb of God who wandered as a homeless stranger in the world his hands had made. And help us to be encouraged by his example to be focused on you, to be committed on you, to serve you with you in mind and knowing that we are always before you. 
We give you thanks for who you are and your grace to us. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Chapel Messages podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.